do this. Got my drink with me. The time is currently 20 past 12, as in 20 past midnight, as in going into the de- next day past midnight, as in I can't sleep. So I've poured myself a stiff drink, chucked some ice in it and decided I'm going to record the podcast now because I'm so desperate and excited and passionate and eager to get this episode out. I can't wait till tomorrow. So let's do it now. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode eight of Ain't Broke, Don't Fix Me, the podcast. The podcast explores all things mental health and neurodiversity. As always, I hope that you are looking after yourselves and also a big thank you to everybody who's listened to the previous seven episodes if you haven't already you can do so head over to spotify or itunes or podbean and you can follow me i'm mep and you can follow me across social media platforms at mep mate e-m-y-p-m-a-t-e constantly throwing stuff up on my instagram and facebook about the podcast and ways you can get involved as well so yeah Today, we are discussing anxiety, and you may have noticed there was no real introduction to this episode. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you will know that I normally uh, pre-record an introduction and then play the theme track before starting. Well, today there was no need. There's no need because it's 20 past midnight and there's no guests, it's just me. I've gone back to basics like I did in episode one. Because I feel comfortable talking about this by myself. And episode one felt really natural and it didn't feel uh, contrived or I didn't have to reach to get things for that episode because it just came naturally because it was everything that I felt in that moment. And that's what I want this episode to be. So yeah, we're talking about anxiety. And of course it's important I have guests on to, to share their stories. Of course that's important, especially as there are some fields that I have very little experience in. I don't ever claim to be a mental health expert. And whilst I've done a lot of training and research in ADHD and mental health in recent years, when it comes to the science or elements of neurodiversity or mental health that I don't have a broad understanding of, for the purpose of this podcast to be as educational as possible, I have to have guests, I have to. And and also... I love hearing amazing stories from amazing people and and it seems that you guys do too. So today I'm talking about anxiety and yeah, if truth be told, it it almost seems a bit odd that I haven't done this episode sooner. I suffer with anxiety off the back of my ADHD and a lot of my anxieties are managed and kept under control by music, which is my extreme hyper-focus, performing, public speaking, writing, And during lockdown, of course, that has been a pretty testing experience because that was all put on hold temporarily and still is. The impact that COVID-19 has had on my life in recent months has been great. Not great as in great. It hasn't been great. It's been pretty shitty. But I mean, it's been great as in it's been in size, in, in matter. It's been great. It's been astronomical. And I didn't realise how much it would affect me. And even people who haven't suffered with mental health problems before, who may have never felt anxious or depressed, 
now suddenly feel worried and frustrated and lonely. And I spoke previously on my episode with Fisky about addiction. And the best remedy often for addiction or most mental health conditions is connection. But when we're put into something like lockdown and maintaining healthy relationships with people becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, But yeah, we'll delve more into that and the COVID-19 experience a little later on in the episode. For now, let's look at anxiety for what it is. Of course, we all know it's an absolute bastard. But seriously, let's look at the bigger picture. Uh, anxiety affects loads of us according to statistics that I've been looking at loads of them actually one in four people will experience a mental health problem such as depression or anxiety one in four now you're going to be hard pushed to find many other medical conditions well that's a lie of course there are other medical conditions that are the same but you'll be hard pushed to find many other medical conditions that affect so many people yet anxiety has such a stigma attached to it, and it's probably one of the most difficult things to share. The One of the most difficult things to explain how we're feeling because of that stigma. Anxiety has, has played such a huge part in my life day to day, and it's affected me in the workplace. It's cost me relationships that I really cared about, including friends. It stopped me sleeping. It's prohibited me from spending time with people I love out of fear. Makes me ignore phone calls. It makes me feel physically sick before most social social situations or when I'm planning something. It makes me drink more alcohol than I should. It, It makes me overeat. It makes me cry it makes me punch myself literally punch myself it makes me have panic attacks it's made me throw up in public um unable to breathe it's made it's made me dislike myself uh anxiety kind of welcomes itself into my life nearly every day and not once have i invited it there now i know that i'm not the only person that suffers with it and such a big part of the healing process, I believe, with a lot of mental health conditions is self-acceptance. It's owning it. It's being able to own your anxiety anxiety and depression and your ADHD and your dyslexia and to stop burying it. Stop creating your own stigmas. Stop letting it build up inside you and manifest and remind yourself that you're not alone. The reality is that anxiety exists. It's learning how to cope with it. And... I don't claim for a second to be out the other side of my anxiety. I'm very much still in the part of the owning it process. Uh, But I'm struggling with that. And I think maybe every day, actually, yeah, for me, every day it's an active choice to try and remind myself that I'm not a freak. As mad as that sounds. But remember, maybe if if you've been diagnosed with anxiety disorder or maybe you suffer off the back of some kind of trauma maybe like me you have anxiety in conjunction with another condition or maybe you just have fleeting anxious thoughts or you're a big worrier remember you don't have to have experienced some great trauma to have anxiety in your life you don't need to have that to justify your own feelings and like actually I've mentioned this in a previous podcast before you cannot Mitigate your own suffering because other people may have had it worse. That's impossible. You you can't do that. And 
yeah, where does anxiety come from? Well, let's think about what it feels like to be anxious because usually there's a reason behind your anxious feelings. And sometimes there's not. Sometimes you just feel sick. Sometimes you might have sweaty palms. Some days you might be obsessing more than others over what people think of you. But it's important, I suppose, to understand the root of maybe where your anxiety comes from or or understanding how anxiety works for you. Because as soon as we have anxious thoughts, we get these bolts of adrenaline and we tend to focus on on some anxious thoughts and we gradually those worries are expanding and growing inside of our bodies and it like I always say it's like a vicious circle because we are for me I worry about the external things that are happening on the outside first right then I begin to worry about the worry so I start worrying about the fact that I'm feeling anxious But then the thing I hate most about anxiety and the thing that affects me the most is the feeling of guilt and shame about the anxiety. So I guess I'm going to explain that kind of vicious circle, like tell you a story. Let's think. So I've got a couple actually. Well, now I've got thousands, but two that spring to mind is recently I went away with my partner. We went away for a couple of nights a uh, couple of days, sorry, stayed one night away and it was lovely. We had a really nice time, perfect time. And uh, But approaching, it's August and approaching, we had my birthday, we had my friend's birthday, lots of family members' birthday, lots of things coming up. And I am really, really shit with plans, like plans and, and over planning and the details of things make me extremely anxious and I hate change. Anyway, we agreed, we said, right, let's let's have a barbecue we'll have a barbecue on my birthday and that'd be lovely we'll invite people around great stuff and whilst my partner was phoning uh people to invite them I had this and I was driving I had this sudden overwhelming sense of I've changed my mind I, I don't actually want this to happen now because I've just remembered the day after my birthday I've got to get up quite early and and what if I won't have tidied up everything in time and 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 what if there's a big mess and and what if some people can't come at a certain time and and the, those feelings were slowly starting to to overwhelm me so those feelings of that outside noise was 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 slowly coming in and i was driving and then i was worrying well now what cuz i can't i can't then let them people down because because my partner's called and said that they can come now so i can't do, and that was overwhelming me then I'm becoming out of breath. I'm becoming really anxious. My, my eyes are filling up. I'm, I'm teary. I'm shaking over something that on the surface seems really, really small. But I am now anxious about my anxiety. I now can't. I'm now worried about the fact that I can't breathe. I'm now worried about the fact that I'm crying. It escalated. I continue to cry. I'm driving. And then as soon as that had calmed down and that had finished, the worst part was that feeling of guilt and shame. I was angry at myself. What, Emmy, why have you why have you ruined a perfectly lovely weekend with your shit? Why have you got so anxious over something that appears so small? Why now you're getting now you're getting angry? Why are you angry? And I'm 
I'm angry at myself. I'm guilty. I feel guilty and I feel shame and I feel like a massive disappointment over a barbecue. And on, on to most people that may seem ridiculous, but to me that was very, very real. And it made me feel physically sick. And that was recent. That was three, four weeks ago. And another thing that I can think of, I won't, I won't dwell too much about these experiences, but every year, me and my, my three of my closest friends, we have a fake Christmas where we, a few days after Christmas, we redo Christmas, just the four of us. We give each other gifts and we stay over at our friend's house. And most of the time we stay for a night and then and then we do the day. And this one year, my friend was like, oh, we're going to stay for two nights. And my other friends were staying for two nights. And because it changed, I had this overwhelming sense of, I don't know if I want to stay for two nights. I didn't know, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Oh, well, I have to take tablets at this time. And I've, and I've never actually taken tablets in front of my friends before. And they actually, at the time, the ones I was taking made me feel really sleepy. And I don't want to want to be a burden and ruin their Christmas. And actually, I, I just feel pretty anxious about it. And then I'm worrying that I'm worrying. And then I'm, and then I'm upset. And I'm conscious that I can't breathe. And they're texting me saying, okay, if you don't want to come, you don't have to. Then I'm thinking, what well, they don't want me there. Well, they don't want to spend time with me. Oh, it's because I'm a burden and I'm worrying about the worry. And then afterwards, the aftermath was me apologising for ages because I felt so bad, that feeling of guilt and shame. And it's important to understand that anxiety is, is really real. And it's both an emotional and a physical feeling. When somebody tells you not to worry, it doesn't decrease the worry. And telling yourself not to worry won't work either. The only thing you can do, I suppose, when you're anxious is to remind yourself that it is a temporary feeling, but that it is real and that it is happening and and to, to try and sit within that process. Uh, so, yeah, and I don't want to talk too much about myself, but... Anxiety can be, you know, really isolating at times. Oh my goodness, the feelings of isolation I felt with anxiety and ADHD. And it's human nature to want and need deep and um, fulfilling connections with other people. Yet the anxiety that we feel can shut us out from the social connections that we kind of desperately need. So it, it's it's a it's a it's a constant inner battle. And it feels impossible sometimes to share your distress. I've got some amazing friends and family, but I, most of my friends, I don't think I ever sat down and said, I've got ADHD. I was too scared to. But why? That came from that came from the stigma that I attached, I'd attached to it myself. And because it's that feeling that there is something wrong with you. And it's the same with anxiety. It can really distort your perception of, of views of other people and, and what they think and, and how we feel about other people. But just remember, if you are somebody listening now with anxiety, which I'm sure there's plenty of people that are, you are not alone. Far from alone, in fact. It's such an internalised stigma that the anxiety, the, the anxiety creates it ourselves. But the truth is, opening up, and sharing your feelings to the people closest to you will help validate your feelings. And of course, if you really don't have anybody you can turn to, there are plenty of support groups online or charities that are qualified 
to help you or just be a listening ear. In fact, that's really important. So I'll chuck a load of them at the end of the episode because if you need someone to speak to, then I want to be able to provide them resources. And also, I know it sounds ridiculous, but genuinely, if you've got no one else to talk to, drop into my messages because I'll try and help out help out wherever I can. Uh, yeah, because it can be so isolating, I wanted to, yeah, definitely remind you that you're not on your own in it. So I asked people who already follow me on Instagram and Facebook about what their individual experiences are like with anxiety. And I received over 40 responses in the space of a few hours. And whilst everybody's experience is different, there is so much that we are all connected in this together. It is mad. So I, I, I remind yourself, now you're listening to this, that you are not alone. I asked how anxiety makes you feel. And these are just some of the responses I received. Um, someone has responded, I'm keeping these anonymous. Someone has responded, I feel paralyzed, confined, suffocated, and it's all consuming. I get tension, headaches, stress, and an overwhelming sense of futility. And it opens doors to a whole host of negative thoughts. That that feeling of futility really, really resonates. I'm sure it does for a lot of people, like those feelings of feeling guilt and shame and feeling like a burden. I Hands down, I think it's one of the worst things about having anxiety or actually any mental health condition, that feeling that you are, that you are a massive problem. Other responses here, I've got feeling completely useless, feeling, these are making me quite sad actually, feeling, even though I know it's, Feeling completely useless, feeling like a waste of oxygen. Fuck. Feeling trapped in your own mind with absolutely no escape and no way out. Yeah. Someone else has put, I've lost all confidence and I feel like I have no friends. Even though I'm surrounded by friends, I feel like they don't like me. Oh my goodness. Now, I'm literally holding my hands in the air because I'm like, that is... That's me all over. I've got so many wonderful, lovely people around me who are my friends, who I know I could turn to at any point. But it only takes the tiniest thing. I'm like, they don't like me. They don't want to spend any time with me. And it's really hard sometimes to separate the, the difference between the truth and like reality and, and your feelings. Uh, I'm sure you do have lots of friends and they do really want to spend time with you. But I think... It's learning to open up, isn't it? But you're so validated in your feelings and, and yeah, that's really tough. Someone else has put, I'm so worried about saying or doing the wrong thing. It makes me not want to do anything at all. Yeah, yeah, get that. It's a pain in my chest, which I can't control. And I feel useless and I feel like a failure. Have you noticed like all of these are that feeling of futility, that feeling of feeling useless and like a bird. I'm just going to grab this one because I put this one separate because it's a long one. And as I said, all of these are anonymous. So, but this one actually made me, brought a little tear to my eye, but I wanted to bring this up because of, of what it says. So this person's responded. The biggest issue for me is that people don't get to know the real me due to how outwardly how I outwardly behave when I'm anxious. There have been people in my life for many years who have struggled to build who I have struggled to build relationships with. Those people previously perceived me to be unsociable. I feel a complete disconnect from the rest of the world 
and I think about the worst case scenarios flashing into my head when driving, shopping, walking down the street and laying in bed. Now, this is the bit I wanted to talk about. In terms of COVID, I felt guilt and upset of being scared to see my family should they catch it and consequently die. Then I would feel responsible for their death for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. It's a lot to take in, but actually that message is super helpful. So thank you to the person who sent that in. Because, first of all, loads of love being sent your way to anybody who sent a, a response in. I'm, I'm not going to read all of them out, but most of them are few. They're, they're the same. But it really struck a chord with me because... I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but my partner has really struggled with feelings of anxiety with the COVID-19 experience. And has, you know, really lost sleep and, and been very teary, worrying about family members and imagining the worst possible case scenarios. And it's such a difficult time because whilst everyone is entitled to their own view on this, and I know that there's loads of people who are relaxed about social distancing and wearing masks. And for some people... Well, not some people, for most people with mental health issues, the uncertainty, the fear and the anxiety that comes with COVID-19 is very, very real. And we can't completely, we can't change our anxious brains. We can't. So for a lot of people, the COVID-19 experience may seem it's all over the top. And then I know there's loads of theories going around about what, about the truth in all of this. And maybe we've been sold something that isn't the entire truth but for many people this very much is the truth some people have lost family members and for those people with mental health issues the, the carrying that weight of potentially bringing harm to other family members is soul destroying so yeah lots of love to to the people who've sent me those messages in and i hope anyone who's, who's struggling with the covid19 experiences is, is is looking after themselves. We can't completely change our anxious brains. Of course we can't. But we can begin to recognise when our anxiety is, is in action and how to cope. And it's all about validating your own emotions. So I suppose we need to stop telling ourselves that our thoughts are stupid and stop being overcritical because it's going to make it worse. We need to recognise that actually it is happening and try and, that is the hardest thing to do, but I have done it before, try and sit in the midst of panic and chaos and let it happen. Stress is normal. It's, an, it's a horrible feeling sometimes, but it's a human feeling and it's part of lots of people's lives. But finding the things that are going to help you in those moments. So next time you feel an overwhelming sense of anxiety... Rather than ask another person, in that moment, ask yourself, either in your head or out loud, how can you make yourself feel better in that time? And I know that mindfulness is a bit of a buzzword at the moment. And, you know, mindfulness can mean a, a whole host of things. But I always think that mindfulness means... Doing something or, yeah, doing something that makes you feel a bit more you. So maybe it's taking a walk outside. Maybe it's calling a friend. 
Maybe it's drinking a nice warm drink. Maybe it's watching trashy TV or having a bath. For me, it's writing and playing guitar and singing and tracking my own thoughts, writing things down. Poetry has been a real, real therapeutic tool for me. But even if you're not a poet, even if you're have even if you have no interest in writing, tracking your own thoughts and writing them down helps you release those feelings of anxiety, stops them manifesting inside. Maybe you just need a hug. And uh, if there is no one there to hug you, in fact, do this now, I'm going to do it. If there's no one there to hug you, wrap your arms, that's what I'm doing now, wrap your arms around yourself as tight as you can, as far around as they will go. And just breathe. Today has been a particularly anxious day for me, actually. So sitting here with my arms around myself, by myself, <laughs> is, um, I can feel myself getting teary. I can feel my, I can feel that way. And maybe I just needed a hug. If there's no one there to hug you, wrap your arms around yourself. Or if not that, place your hands on your chest, on your heart, and just breathe. So just wrap your arms around yourself or place your hands on your chest and breathe. And that's something that you can do. You can take ownership of your anxiety. You can take control of your worries. And you have the power to be your own healing tool. That was episode eight of Ain't Broke, Don't Fix Me, the podcast, Living with Anxiety. As promised, I did say that I would chuck a few things on the end here so that if you are struggling, there are ways that you can receive some help if you haven't got anybody to turn to. And if dropping me a little message is is out of your reach as well, because I know that that can be daunting then there are some places that you can call or email or, or or just turn up at. So, yeah, I'm going to give you a few of them now. So one of the main ones you've probably heard of is Mind. Uh, their telephone number is 0300 123 3393 or their website is mind.org.uk. Anxiety UK. They've got a helpline too, 03444-775-774. And you can find them on anxietyuk.org.uk. Anxietyalliance.org.uk. And they've got a helpline that's open from 10 in the morning till 10 at night daily. And you can call them 
0845 296 7877. And maybe you're a young person listening to this, you're a teenager, and I've done a lot of a lot of work with these guys um, at Young Minds, their fantastic organisation. Uh, and you can call them 0808 802 5544 and you can find them online youngminds.org.uk uh, I hope that helps you out a little bit and of course if you consider yourself in extreme danger then do call the hospital accident and emergency or speak to your GP yeah I think that's everything. Look after yourselves, guys, and hopefully this information will be of some use to you if you need it. All right, lots of love. Cheers, guys.